Alright, you know you feel me. So we back, chapter 10 to 14. So I'm Jordan and we're here with Holly Borgel. I'm Matt. Okay, so throughout the story, Lola ended up having some like scratches and injuries and stuff like that. And in the in the book, Bryony thinks it might be the twins. What do you guys think? That was definitely not the twins. Definitely not the twins? Yeah, because in later chapters, as, during the dinner, uh, is that, I don't know if that's in this chapter, but during the dinner. I think it's in the it Yeah, it's, 11, it may be 11. Like yeah, but during the dinner, they see that Paul has also a scratch, so. Yeah. I have had my suspicions about Paul. Everyone's Let me tell you. About Paul. Everyone's laughing at me, but I'm going to be passionate about this, Miss McGinnis. I stop laughing at me, you guys. We have to start now. Anyways, sorry, Miss McGinnis. I'm the only passionate one here today. Um, so I believe it was Paul the entire time. Paul? Yeah, I, I, 100%. Ever since that weird encounter between the two, where he was like really affectionate towards her. And that was in the library, right? No, that was in their room. Oh, yeah, it was in their room. Yeah, like he just intrudes all the time. And he's giving me bad vibes. And I honestly think um, we can talk about this when we get to that chapter, but when Lola is like sexually assaulted, like in the forest. Yeah. And she accuses Robbie, like, or Bryony accuses Robbie the entire time. I think she's falsely accusing someone. She should be held accountable for that. But we'll get more into that. That's later. Yeah. But I just think it's Paul. Like, it's easy to detect. So. I don't feel like it's anybody's anybody's fault at this moment in time. We just got to look at the the facts, the the evidence. What you saying? Are you cussing? And um. Yeah, would you just what you guys think about chapter ten? Let's bring a little lively discussion to this. Uh, I mean I mean overall all of these chapters were probably the best like chapters in the book so far. So far? Yeah, it really changed the entire storyline. It pulls everything in part one together. Yeah. Yeah, like I, it makes a little bit more sense now because in the beginning I couldn't understand what I was reading. I, still don't I, I mean, I understand a little bit more. Don't claim me now. Um, but it, it kind of makes a little bit more sense. You have to read in between the lines, Jordan. That's I, I can barely read in between anything. So <laughs> reading in between the lines is not my, not my forte. No, but um, yeah, chapter 10 I think really sets off the next couple chapters and... It starts, yeah. uh, it starts like a new plot line yeah. for the rest. Yeah. And I think like the author handled this very well. Yeah. I think this is going to like make readers want to keep reading. Cause, yeah, because we're all like um, intrigued. intrigued by these types of like things, yeah. as bad and sadistic as they are. Yeah, there you go. Right. There you go. Let's go, Knights. Thank you, Miss McGinnis. That is the end of Chapter 10 analysis. We'll be right back with Chapter 11. <laughs> and we're back. Yes, I'm back here with Jordan. Matt. Well, it's nice to, you know, say hello to our listener, our one listener out there, Miss McGinnis, who's going to be. Amazed by this podcast. Yeah. If you're in the car, sitting at home, or at Starbucks, this podcast is gonna intrigue you. <laughs> I'm trying to keep it lively. 
<laughs> and at the moment, we are currently talking to you and having a great conversation. So I hope this goes into our grade. Anyways. <laughs> All right, anyways, so chapter 11. Pretty intense, you guys. Factuals. Um, when I was reading it, it was... Yeah. Oh, you read? Okay, go ahead. Continue. Just not Anyways, sorry about that, you guys. Sorry about that, Miss Venus. Um, talking like you guys, like there's actual listeners. Of course there is. Anyways, um, we should not be laughing. This is an intense scene. So, in chapter 11, uh, voice crack author Ian McEwen um, goes into like deep detail about the library encounter between Robbie and Cecilia. And, um,. When writing the scene, do you think that the author implied that this particular event was only a matter of explaining, like, you know, sex? Or was it more about the symbolism of the act? So, like, was it just, like, to just throw a sex scene out there? Or was more was about, like, the symbolism? Yeah, like, was there a deeper meaning? Of course there was a deeper meaning. Yeah, why don't we just explain that? I mean, in this whole book, it that? seems like it's a whole a lot of yeah. deeper meanings behind deep. everything. Yeah, like, what I connected it to was um, how to read literature like a professor. When it says, like, when it's, like, it's sex, but it's, like, not about sex, you know? Uh, when it goes into that topic. Yeah. <laughs> Stop. When it goes into that topic about like how it's literally not about sex, it's about the act of sex and what it portrays. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think that was like crazy how that tied in so well. Mm. And um, why do you think he got so like deep into the scene? Like he went into every detail. Like he explained what they were doing like word for word. Yeah. That was probably to show how much of a connection yeah. that's been made over the past... 10 years they've known each other or however long it's been. And they like, he like wrote something how like, now they're like strangers I guess because the past 10 years mean nothing after that act, you know, how like yeah. they hated each other. Could, or you could have just put the details in the picture. No. Uh, to put the image in yeah, your Yeah, so that'll lead into my next question. Would readers find this scene too inappropriate to explain? Uh, or was it necessary to include all of those details? I feel like it might have been. It, it depends on who's reading. I mean, no, no kindergarten is going to read atonement. You know what I'm saying? But, well, like, a girl my age could read this and be like, that's totally inappropriate. I mean, she's a, But she yeah. missed the entire meaning yeah. of it. It's not to explain the dirty deed. Yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, some no. people might think of it. As that center, they might not think of the deeper meaning behind it. Wow. Great job, Jordan. Yeah. That was Jordan Mack on the mic. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah. And then when it abruptly more? stops at the end with, um, with Bryony, how cringy, you guys? Would you cringe? Wait, Your little sister walks in. When, when Bryony walks into the library and finds him. And she thinks it's like oh. he's. He think, she thinks she, like Robbie's attacking her because she's so young and naive. She don't, it's not her place. Like, yeah, and then at the dinner table, we kind of got awkward too. Yeah, like it's just like I don't know if that's it's spiraling down. Is that the next chapter? Um, no. This no. Isn't, that's the next chapter. Yeah. yeah. It kind of got and, um, I, I feel oh. cringe if I was like a 10 year old. Yeah. And I it, like, so, like, when the chapter goes back into present time and like at dinner and stuff, um, it then like Emily points out Lola's injuries and like mm -hmm. Paul goes oh I was there to help her like all the twins be attacked but he has like a scratch on his face and I'm like dude like 
And this You're is so all, bad at lying. This is all when the, the twins aren't there. Yeah. They went off. Yeah, they wrote a note the, and then they the yeeted home. Yeeted? Yes, Miss McGinnis, that's a word it. and it's used in Membean every time I log in. <laughs> But, um, yeah, when they run away, I think that's a really, I think that's like a climax, because this sets off everything now. Yeah. Once the twins run away. And then, yeah, I think this scene, I think this scene was the craziest scene. I'm not even gonna lie. That one in Chopper 13, which, well, I will also be hosting. Stay tuned, Miss <laughs> <laughs> um, Yeah, so, any other comments about no. this scene? We really got into deep details about this. we're at five minutes right now. Five minutes, Miss McGinnis. Do you hear that? Five minutes of this. Shut your mouth. So, yeah, anyone else on the floor? Are we ready no. to take it to chapter? 13. Robbie. 12. 12. I can't count. Uh, yeah, I'm sorry. Now I have to redo this whole thing. No. Uh-oh. <laughs> Alrighty, well, we'll be back with chapter 12, and that's going to be Jordan. Back to you, Jordan. And thank you, Kennedy. That was Kennedy Wilson in our podcast. And end. <laughs> Alright, so now we're back at chapter 12. <laughs> and so, throughout chapter 12, they talked about how uh, the twins went missing. And now Emily stayed home and waiting for her husband to call to, so, so to know that the twins were fine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Do you guys think that she should have called the police right away instead of waiting for her husband to call? Or what? Um, that's a good question. You know, I think any worried parent or relative would feel like the best decision is to call the cops. But in this case, I didn't think it was necessary. I think it was. Why? Because they're missing. Why would you not call them? But well, they explain where they're going, so they yeah. at least have an idea as to where they'd end yeah, up. And if they're not there, then what happens after that? And then, like, in nowadays, you can't file a missing person report until 24 hours. There you go. You're right, but what about back in the day? Back in the back day. In the day we we don't know the standards of back in the day. You can put in file within, like, two hours, you feel me? Yeah, but this is also at midnight. Yeah. So. And I don't think... The police's number one worry back in the day was finding that finding these little like kids two little that kids that probably are just playing. What's that game? Hide and seek. Hang around the Rosie? I don't know. No, uh, hooky. <laughs> Who? Hooky? Hooky. Hooky. No, it's called um, Pokey. Playing. It's like when they go missing for the day. I don't know what that is. Like they. Okay. Anyway. I never played that when I was little. Get back on track. Um. I, I don't think she should call it. I think she should have called Jack first, but then Jack would call But I mean, him. Jack called, and then he got mad that she didn't call the cops. Yes. Yeah. So then he, I feel like she should have called it anyway. No, I still don't think she And Jack is rude, okay? Okay, just... Okay. Emily is her own person. She is a mother and takes care of the entire family. Yeah? Okay. But I, I don't think Jack is worth her time of listening to. Mm-hmm. What man is? Am I right, Miss McGinnis? Oh, <laughs> yeah. Wow. <laughs> so can I just leave now, or? I'm kidding. Um, or am I, Miss McGinnis? No, I, I still feel like she should have gone. I mean, I probably would have called. I mean, if it was my kid, it's it's, it's different, you know. But, it, you person. can only follow Miss Person. Isn't it like the Miss Person thing is over 25 years? Isn't like if they're over 18 or something like that, or like 16 or something like that? I don't know. I think, it's, I think, it's, it's, I think it's when they're older. Yeah. So, I mean, but, you know, it's just two rambunctious twins. There's just two twins out and out just doing whatever by themselves. Someone could kidnap them, snatch them, something. But at least the note tells them an idea to where's they're, where they're going to go. 
so I mean, um, it's just. But then, uh, what else happened? Lola has her scratches, and then Emily is reminded of Hermione, her sister. Yeah. And how she does not like her. And how Lola like models her mother so much. Like they're so alike. So like whenever she sees Lola, it reminds her of her sister. Because of all the attention she's um, stealing from any other. Good or bad. So yeah, I mean this chapter was okay. Not my favorite. It kind of was anticlimactic for me. Anti-what? Climatic. That's what I said, Miss Freganess. Uh, yeah. So, anything else to add? The end of the chapter when they walk in with uh, Lola. Yes, sir. So, I mean, I don't know. You guys ready for a really crazy chapter? All right. We'll be right back with chapter 13. Please. <laughs> Hey, we are back with chapter 13. Um, I'm going to be taking the reins on this chapter. And uh, yeah, we're just, just going to get right into it. Yeah. So let's, let's dive in. So focus is back on Bryony and how she wanders off in the pool, like by the pool area, and like while everyone's searching for the twins. And then she hears this sound and this light, like sees this light, like this flashing light. And um, she's curious, as any child would, and um, she follows it into the woods, and she kind of goes through, like, that whole, like, scene where, like, she sees her mom, and, like, she's reminded about, like, what she's going to do with her mom, when, or what she's going to do when her mom, like, you know, passes and all that. Yeah. And then she's kind of, like, brought back into the forest and sees this, um... This bush. This, these two bushes. Uh, was, was just oh, just one. It but like, that is not a bush. It is not a bush, Miss Beginners. Don't be fooled. <laughs> <laughs> it, in fact, was a figure in which we don't know, but Bryony automatically assumes. No, she assumes it's Robbie, and no one has no any one, no one clue her. as to if it's Robbie or not. And so when she Lola sees that, Lola like cries out and is in like pain and like shock and we can assume that she was like you know sexually assaulted and um oh my god and um yeah it's just i was really scared for lola missing i could feel her pain and sadness and Bryony just was like who is it who is it who is it and like wouldn't like she just experienced trauma and she would not stop beckoning her about who it was she was trying to force the answer of Robbie to come out of Lola's mouth yeah. is what it was but Lola even says in the chapter that she was blinded yeah. and it was dark she yeah he came up from behind so she has no clue so why do you think Bryony is so like against Robbie like since the moment like the fountain scene she's just been just because she wants to quote unquote protect her sister yeah yeah and she's trying to control yeah, things that she loves she, to be the center of attention and like wants to know everything. like her mind like who I don't have to try to be the center of attention I am thank you Miss McGinnis I hope you agree <laughs> anyways um I think that was just like awful for her to just keep imposing this question on her. Like, can you imagine you just got attacked like that and someone was like, who did it? Who did it? Who did it? I don't get attacked. Well, it's a rhetorical question, but anyways, I don't think you know what that means. Does anyone know what it means? A rhetorical question. Anyways. <laughs> um, 
Lola then like says like she doesn't think or know that it was Robbie, but with Bryony, she's automatically gonna ignore this and assume the worst. He's gonna go back and ruin everything. And you know, chapter 14, that's where everything goes completely crazy. So yeah, I mean, and then they get back, they make their way back to the house and Lola like says like, I can't go inside. Like, she starts breaking down, I'm like, yeah. And then, yeah, Leon shows up and, yeah. Leon, my guy. Yeah, so then that leads us into chapter 14, which we'll be diving into next. Um, yeah, so stay tuned. Alright, we're back with chapter 14 this time. And this is really the chapter where, where we see what happens after the fact of, of the Lola incident. And with, uh, who is it? Oh, Bryony just assuming that it's Robbie. Yeah, yeah, she takes center tells stage and tells everyone. Tells, says tells everyone, the everyone, tells the police, shows the police the letter that Robbie sent to Cecilia. And Cecilia has no idea. Like, can you imagine? Cecilia's mad that she shows the letter, which was taken out of context yeah. completely. And then everybody else sees it, and then she just Yeah, and then the mom, the Emily, blames Cecilia about this act that happened to Lola because of that letter she got. Like, what correlation does that make? None. Okay. They're all just trying to find someone to blame for this, and then... But then, what's it called? Didn't the twins come back in the morning or something like that? Yeah, so Robbie, Robbie ironically finds them and brings them back out, in the morning. He goes out, finds the twins, yeah, I would have, I would have been called. No, but he found them. He found, no. yeah. That's not, okay, that's not the point. He found them, and then he shows that he's actually a good person, but yeah. no one believes him. No. And so Bryony then, is then upset at Robbie for finding the twins and yeah. putting a good image. Yeah. Like, it's ruining her entire storyline. Because Robbie goes to jail. Well, Robbie's taken to There's a cop car. Yeah. A lot more taken, to talk about. Taken to the cop car, and then Cecilia has an exchange with him and, like, explains, like, and, everything. And then Paul just returns yeah. without... When no one's saying anything. Yeah, like, by himself. don't you find him a little suspicious? Like, we don't know anything about this guy, except for that he's like cocky and like thinks he's better than everyone. Mm -hmm. Like someone we know in this table group. Who me? I am cocky. Then we got my my question, <laughs> which is uh, Jack Tallis. His car breaks down while trying to rush home, and I said, do you even? Do you even think his car really broke down, or is he just not just not coming home? Um, he probably didn't want to deal with everything I that kind of happened. I don't think he wants that. I don't think I, on I, I would. Or is he still out there like cheating? Yeah, he's cheating on his wife. How do you know? He's worked late. Uh, it's sad. Like she knows he's having an affair. So she doesn't care. Just because he working, just because he's working late, don't mean he's having an affair. But like, there's always excuses. I mean, to why he's late. I mean, he's a prime you, example. you never know. You never know, then. guys lie. Okay, can can we stop? <laughs> you have two we guys are. in the group. Yeah, exactly. That's the problem. <laughs> Am I right, Miss McGinnis? Anyways, um, we'll add a little sound effect there. <laughs> but um, yeah, I mean this. And then um, at the end, when he's being taken to the cop car, you know his mom. Mom chases the cop car down yeah. and hits it with an umbrella. umbrella. Yeah. Like, how furious would you be if, like, Ella, Ella, your son was wrongfully accused? Did you know he couldn't do this? She's yelling, liars, liars, liars. Yeah, like, I would feel so hopeless I and mean, angry at this little child for ruining my son's life. I will 
hurt this child. And also go to jail. I think they just believed um, Bryony just because Robbie is a lower class than them. Yeah. But overall, these chapters are crazy. We got one minute left, so we gotta wrap it up fast. So, let's I hope you enjoyed this. You're standing right here. Um, you look like you're about to enjoy this. So, wherever you are, I hope you have a great listening to this amazing podcast. I'm Hallie. I'm Jordan. I'm Matt. And this... And this has been our podcast for chapters 10 through 14 of The Atonement. Peace out. Peace.